Welcome to In, In It, it together. together. I'm Jay. And I'm Courtney. And this is our podcast where we discuss mental health and self-improvement from a couple's perspective. Welcome back. Hey there. So we're going to be tackling something that's very near and dear to your heart. Oh, I've coined this. I'm so excited to talk about this today. Yeah, this is something that you've pretty much, like you said, you coined it. Uh, you talk so much about it. And it's one of the things that is actually very synonymous with you because there's actually been articles written about yep. you and um, this particular term. And what we're talking about is restful healing. Yes, restful healing. I just love it. It doesn't feel so good when you're in it, but I wanted to talk about it today because, again, I do a lot of, you know, TikTok videos on this. I talk about it in my healing community all the time. Articles are being written about it. So I was like, we should talk about this on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be for our listeners that haven't heard of the term before or haven't seen your TikTok videos on them or uh, are in the community. I think anyone that's been involved with you outside of uh, the podcast is definitely has heard the term used by you several times. But well, let's get into it. What What is restful healing? Well, first of all, we only hear about our two nervous systems, which is the ANS, the autonomic nervous system, and the PNS, the parasympathetic. But there is something called the enteric, which most people don't talk about. But that part of your nervous system, so there are three, really governs and functions your digestive tract. But the two biggest ones we talk about are the ANS and the PNS, which I'll refer to. The autonomic nervous system is your fight or flight. Okay, this is the part of your nervous system, part of your central nervous system that is triggered when you need to run or you need to fight someone. Okay, and this is the part of your nervous system that is constantly turned on like a switch when you're in constant fight or flight. So if you're going through trauma and you're constantly under a lot of stress and you haven't done a lot of the work that you've needed to kind of get your you know, nervous system to come down, that's, what, that's the part where you're going to stay. You're going to stay in that autonomic nervous system. Now, the other part that I talked about was your parasympathetic nervous system. This is your rest and digest. I like to say rest and repair, but it's the part of your nervous system that can kick on when your body's not in fight or flight. And that's the part that helps your body repair, your tissues, cell regeneration, and digestion. So if you're in a constant state of fight or flight and you're in your ANS, all of your body functions that need to happen to help your body move at its prime and to help you digest and feel good about yourself, that's not happening. Now, what ends up happening is, is when your body finally realizes, oh my God, I'm not in danger anymore. So it takes a long time for your autonomic nervous system to shut off and your parasympathetic to then kick in. When that happens, that's that point of restful healing. So the moment that your body comes out of that fight or flight, and it can take time, it can take years to get to that point, then your parasympathetic nervous system kicks on. And when this happens, this is because your body is finally able to just kind of shut down. You're on this autonomic path of just allowing your body to dictate every move. Now it's off. And now you're in this restful phase. And I'll be honest with you, it feels really yucky for a lot of people. Your body's recognizing that it's no longer having to do things for survival, okay? Because that's where you were functioning from. Now your body's at this place where it doesn't feel like doing much of anything. You're exhausted. You're tired. You're undemotivated. You're just in this really blah place. And oftentimes, I'll hear clients tell me, I'm not depressed, but I'm also not happy either. Or I, I mean, I know I'm not depressed because it doesn't feel like that. But it can be 
misconstrued often as deep depression. And it's not. It's just a deep rest that you're in. So it's not necessarily a depression. Your body's just coming down and it is finally in a place where it's settling. And that is what restful healing is. And we all go through it. And there's no timeline for it. And we don't know when our body's going to feel safe enough to go into it. But it's a phase that most trauma survivors with complex cumulative trauma have been through, whether it's from their childhood or just from a really terrible relationship, even after the pandemic, right? The pandemic actually pushed a lot of people into this restful healing phase because they were no longer running and driving to their nine to five every day that was killing them. Their kids were no longer going to school. They were kind of all just kind of stuck home. And that communicated to their body, hey, we're safe. And that's why the pandemic opened up the door for a lot of healing for people because it forced them to finally sit with everything that they've been running from for so long. And that's why a lot of people, you saw a huge surge of a mental health crisis during this time because everybody was like, oh my God. So the pandemic, it wasn't necessarily the pandemic itself. The pandemic was the trigger. But what it did it is, is opened up the doors for that nervous system, for the parasympathetic to switch on. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we talk a little bit about like trauma drive in a separate podcast yeah. and what trauma drive is. And what happens a lot of the time is um, you are driven by these fears, trauma related or not. We, we all have this drive inside of us that is triggered by our traumas. So it's important to understand that once you take that out of the equation, right? So once we're not driven by our traumas and we don't have this trauma drive pushing us forward, that's when this restful healing can start to manifest itself. It's important to understand it can show the symptoms of depression. Uh, so it's important to be self-aware enough to understand whether you're in a depressive state or whether it's like you said, it's that restful healing stage where you're not driven by your trauma anymore and you feel that under motivation to move forward. Exactly. And if you think about it, if you've just been in this chronic state of crisis, going to your job, hustling, doing this, doing that, trying to make ends meet, while also psych, you know, subconsciously running away from the big bad wolf of trauma that's in your brain and not allowing yourself to sit, these are the, the, the people that have the hardest time with this restful healing phase are the ones that were the overachievers, the ones that no matter what you put on their plate, they would get it done. The chronic overtime people at work, the ones that just wouldn't, could never sit still. And that was me, you know, always running, always doing something, always moving. Once my nervous system realized, hey, you're no longer in danger. Did you remember me saying to you, I don't feel like doing anything today. I don't want to do that because your body understands, wait, I don't, I, you're telling me I don't have to do this for survival? Oh, I don't want to cook for my family today. I, I, I can wear the same clothes I wore yesterday. It's fine. Shower? Who needs a shower? I already flossed my teeth this morning. Why do I have to do it again? Like all of these things, these aspects of your life start to suffer. And I tell people, you're going to see you might feel isolated. You know, you're not going to want to be talking to people. You're going to not want to return text messages. You're not going to want to do much of anything, just exist. And this is why I talk about we're not human doings. We are human beings. And restful healing allows you to be a human being where you're just merely existing. And you have to be able to learn to function within that. And there's this big wave. Once I did that TikTok video and that went viral, it was like 5.1 million views on that. So many people were like, I don't have the time to just lay around and do nothing all day. You're talking about this restful healing. Let me clarify that. I'm not saying that you should be eating bonbons on your couch all day, lying around doing nothing. 
What I am saying is that having grace and compassion for yourself and setting up a plan of your your most important five on the really bad days, which I'll talk about when we get to the end, some techniques and things that you can do. That's not what restful healing is. Restful healing is just understanding that the capacity that you used to function will no longer be the capacity that's going to take you moving forward. You're not going to be able to do what you used to be able to do. And if you are, you're going to push yourself right back into that fight or flight. So you have to find your new normal of momentum. You have to find what you truly are capable of that feels authentic to you. This is that part. Restful healing is the exact point in your healing journey where you get to start recreating yourself, rewriting yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, I'm glad you clarified that because a lot of people misconstrue that. Restful healing is not about just laying around not doing anything. It's really about creating the new normal for yourself. You're not driven by your traumatic events, right? If you came from a home where you 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 didn't you you went without. If if that happened, then you're driven to be more successful in your career because you don't want to be back at that place, the struggle of not having food or whatever, whatever the case may be, a lot of that drives us forward. And when you remove that, then your body doesn't know what to do with itself. It's stuck in this phase of, I don't have that drive anymore, but that's when the real healing starts. That's when you get mm-hmm. to recreate and redefine who you are as an individual. You're no longer driven by your traumas. You're no longer, you no longer have that trauma drive pushing you forward. Now you get to decide what is important for me and what is, will take priority in my life and what will propel me forward based on those new priorities. What I tell my clients, it's like getting on the subway. You get on a train and it's going really fast and someone else is driving it and you're just trying to stay on it and figure out your destination. That is when you're in that trauma drive. You're just going. When you're in restful healing, it's I'm going to get behind the the whatever, the wheel or whatever it is for a train. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to conduct myself. And things are going to go really slow at first because you don't know how to conduct a train. You don't know where you're going. You don't know how to speed up, how to slow down, how to guide it. So you're going to be going at a snail's pace for a little bit. And you get to determine this pace feels comfortable. This pace doesn't feel comfortable. It's a lot of trial and error. And I tell my clients that all the time, who's driving your train right now, right? And it's a funny little thing that they'll say, you know, today, this week in my train was hijacked. I don't know where I ended up. And that happens. Sometimes your, your, your fight or flight response may kick in, right? You may find like, and, and this is where people get addicted to the cycle of trauma, right? So you're so used to having that trauma drive that pushes you and you get stuff done. The house is clean. Your bills are paid to an extent, whatever it is. You're, you're, you're being that star employee. You're helping all your friends and family because that's where your self-worth is built. Now that you've been in restful healing, you don't want to help anybody. You don't even want to show up to work. You've used all of your sick days. You're feeling worthless because that's what your self-esteem was built upon. So now let's talk about what happens when people don't allow restful healing. Sometimes we seek dopamine. We subconsciously create fights with our significant others. We pick out things. We seek drama. We watch shows or things that can get us all fired up because our body's looking for that rush of dopamine and looking for that rush of adrenaline because it's been the only way we've ever been able to function. And that's why people get addicted to that cycle. And that's the problem. Yeah, absolutely. The, you, you, you become this toxic environment for yourself, right? Where, and we, I have 
said this to you several times before in the past, right? Before we we really kind of honed in on our traumas and 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 went on this journey. I used to tell you all the time, like you're addicted to drama. Like when there's nothing oh, I used going to get so on, mad at you. Yeah, when there's nothing going on, you're manufacturing things that you know shouldn't be bothering us or shouldn't be uh, impeding our, our our growth. You're manufacturing this and this again subconsciously. You were so used to the chaos in your life that when there was no chaos, you had to recreate. You had it. to recreate. It's called self-defined chaos. Oh, there's no chaos in my life right now. This is why people say in toxic relationships, keep toxic friends around because they always know that there's going to be something that is going to push them. This is why people are typically driven by bad things happening to them. And this is why a lot of people cannot embrace this restful healing, right? Because they'll they'll feel, again, inadequate. They feel like they're in a depressive state because they don't have, they can't produce that dopamine rush mm -hmm. of, running away from their trauma drive. And how do they show their value if they're not capable of what they used to do? I talk about this in my healing community all the time, okay? We do meditative on practices on Friday evenings where I sit down and I help them kind of embrace that healing phase that they're in. We do these inner child guided meditations and things that that, that are helpful, especially when you're going through restful healing. And some of the, the signs, like you just said, you know, the depression and stuff, but the physical ailments, when you come out of restful, uh, well, when you go into restful healing, sometimes you're going to start feeling sick, like you have the flu, aches, pains, belly aches. You're going to digestive issues. Oh, something's wrong with me. You're going to be at the doctors. They're going to be like, oh, your labs are coming back fine. This is where people start to get diagnosed with autoimmune-based disorders, when, they're, when their uh, immune system is just has not shut off. It has not come out. It's just turned on. This is where people are like, yeah, we don't know what you have. It's it's just autoimmune. And then you're put on autoimmune suppressing drugs or you have all these different physical things that are going on, but your labs are coming back fine. That's because before trauma becomes a memory in your brain, trauma is stored in your body. Okay. So everything that we feel and that we experience, this is where the triggers come. You'll feel it like, oh, your chest is pumping, your stomach hurts. You got aches. Some people get aches in their legs. You know, some people's head starts, their throat starts clamping. That's called somat. Those are emotional flashbacks that are in your body. Okay. That's what creates those sensations. If you're in a numbed, disassociative state and you're constantly in fight or flight, do you honestly think that your body's stopping to take account for and acknowledge every physical symptom that it experiences during each trauma? No. So when you go into restful healing, your body may feel like you were hit by a bus. Tired, achy, exhausted, fatigued, not enough sleep in the world. You could sleep all day long and wake up exhausted. And that's because your body is trying to repair itself. Let your body repair. It is still healing. Active healing, going to therapy. Active healing, journaling. Active healing, talking. Active healing, walking. Restful healing resting, taking a nap, nurturing your body, nourishing your body, reading a book, active, low active. It's like exercising. You have your high hit days, your high healing days, and then you have your low yoga days. Those are your restful healing. And there's no timeline on it. Everybody asks me, how long is this phase? For me, it's about four years. I can think it's been about several years where my drive has slowly started to shift. It's not like six months. Some people, it takes time. It really depends because you start to wane and you start to pull yourself away from, you start to have a hard time doing the things that you used to do. It's not all at once. But eventually, you pick up your momentum and you realize, you know what? I feel like doing something today. And then you just go and do it and you see how it feels.
And you start to understand. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how you do this. Absolutely. I think that's great advice. I, I do want to kind of interject a little bit. Be wary about self-diagnosing, obviously. Absolutely. Um, be wary about, you know, if you do have some depressive, uh, you, you have to be self-aware. And that's something we talk a lot about, right? That self-awareness. And that that comes with a lot of what we, uh, a lot of the exercise that we also talk a lot about, the journaling, the processing our emotions, all those things need to be come into play here. Um, you have to be able to do these things to adequately be able to understand when you are in restful healing and then when potentially there could be another problem. So what we don't want to do is always self-diagnose. You want to seek professionals. You want to be able to see if there's any medical issues going on. But the biggest thing is, you know, don't be fearful. Right. We want to be able to lean in. I talked to you about a lot about leaning into your emotions. Right. So when you're in this restful healing stage, uh, you want to be able to lean into it. Don't run away from it because that's what got you here in the first place. That trauma drive is you running away from your fears. When you start to lean into your fears and you start to lean into the restful healing stage, you'll see that, again, it's not something that will linger within you, but you'll be able to, again, prioritize, reestablish what your priorities are and be able to push yourself towards, because that's really the goal here, right? You're, the goal isn't to be in restful healing all the time. It's to identify when you are in restful healing, understand the reason why you're in restful healing so you can better guide yourself forward. And there's some tools that you can access to help you distinguish, you know, because is it possible to be depressed and be, go through restful healing? Yes, you can be situationally depressed that this is how my life is now and I can't do what I used to do. So yes, I'm feeling yucky and I'm feeling depressed. So it's very possible that you could be going through both phases at the same time because depression is something that we all experience and not being able to perform the way that you used to. Yeah, it's going to make you feel sad. One of the techniques is the spoon theory. And, and I hope I say her name correctly, but Christine Miserandino, she coined this term years ago when she was out to eat with a friend and she tried to explain how living with chronic illness or disease made her feel. And she talked about having so many spoons per day. And I talk about this a lot in the healing community is if you had 12 spoons a day and you had to allocate those spoons to things that you needed to do, you'd be very wise about how you allocated that because there's only so much everybody could do. For example, if you didn't sleep the night before, you're going to take three spoons away. You're going to have your vitamins as a spoon, cooking as a spoon, going to work as a spoon, whatever it is. When you're down to getting to no spoons, you can't do anything past that because you need to rest and that's okay. If you're finding that you can't even do a couple spoons a day, that's a sign that there's some depression there and there's nothing wrong with that. Because even with restful healing, there's still we're still capable to get through the day and do and take care of our basic needs and do the things that we need to do without overcommitting ourselves or overdoing it. But if you can't even do the basics, then that's a sign that it's, it may be something a little bit more. Yeah. And community is key. Having people around you that support your journey, support you, uh, your mental health is important. And that's why we have our In It Together community that we have a lot of people in there that share their experiences support each other in it's just amazing i'm in the zooms i know courtney does a lot more in the community than i i do but i you know i contribute where i can i do we do a joint zoom 
um, every month where a lot of people just come in and share their experiences, share what's going on, the re- when people are in restful healing. Uh, we, we discuss that. We discuss what that looks like. So it's important to surround yourself with healthy people that can support you throughout this journey. Absolutely. And I think you did a really good job just clarifying because we don't want people on here being like, oh, it's restful healing and it's been three months and you haven't been able to do anything. It's okay to seek support and help. And it's important that you know yourself enough, know what you're capable of doing on a yucky day and know what you're capable of doing on a better day. And even if you're and if you're not capable of doing what you usually could even on a yucky day, that's another sign. It's building that self-awareness and understanding yourself and making note of who you are and not feeling shame not having guilt, but leading with compassion and grace. But that's what restful healing is all about, is just sometimes you need lower end days, lower energy days, days to just focus on the five most important things. On your worst of your worst days, make sure you're bathing, make sure you're cleaning your immediate space, like making your bed, because the state of your bed is the state of your head, which is a quote that I heard a long time ago, and I really love it. Make sure that you're nourishing your body and you're eating, you're drinking your water, and then doing something with intention for yourself every day. If you can do those five things, even on your worst days, you'll get yourself to a healthier place quicker and sooner. And like we've said before in the podcast, sometimes your best is only 25%. But if you can give 100% of that 25%, then you've you accomplished what you, you could in that day. And that's okay, right? And on a lighter note, we always say in the community, like we got to get our heads out of our ANS. And that's 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 what it, <laughs> it's about, right? Autonomic got, nervous system, people. <laughs> so So absolutely, if you're interested in joining the community, we'll have a link in the bio. Check us out. There's different tiers in there that you can join and and be part of, uh, you know, different levels that that we offer. But it's absolutely a great community to join. So I I, I really do implore you guys to check it out and see if it's something that you'd be interested in. As always, we value you guys as our listeners. And and if you have any questions, you want to reach out to us directly, that's the best way to do it. Absolutely. And like Jay always says, I'll put links to the healing community in the description of the podcast episode. So if you need a place with daily support and tips and tricks and just an overall amazing community to work with, check it out. Yeah, absolutely. And it's important, like like I said, you lean into it. And uh, do you have any other tips and tricks that could help once you are either recognized that you're in restful healing or you're starting to go into restful healing? Well, definitely the spoon theory, like I talked about. You can, I actually made um, the cutout for you in the healing community where I print it and I'll email it to you. So you don't even have to do anything. All you have to do is cut out your spoons and labeling your spoons, sitting down with the 12 spoons in front of your day and saying, how am I going to allocate my energy today? Where is it going to go? That's the top one. And I have that all put together for you in a PDF file. So if that's something that you want, reach out, join and let me know. There's some other things that I've learned to do. And It can be hard. So we're going to take into account that there are always nuances with anything that we're talking about. And one of them can be, you know, cooking in bulk. You know, if cooking is something that's really difficult for you, making things on the weekend, you know, making big things of, you know, whether it's a stew or it's a pasta or it's a lasagna, something that's easy, that doesn't cost a lot, that's quick. Also, body doubling, asking for help. Hey, guys, I'm really tired right now. I'm really exhausted and I have to cook dinners. Anybody want to sit and keep me company? Anybody want to cut the vegetables? When you start to ask for help and do things in a team-oriented approach, you don't feel so alone. And what's really interesting is that you can actually start to access and use some of the energy from someone that's with you. That's going to motivate you. It's body doubling. As humans, monkey see, monkey do. So if someone's doing something, we're going to want to do that with them. And that's going to help us. 
and we have a podcast on body doubling as well. So what it is, how to effectively do it. So definitely check out the the podcast we did on bodily doubling if you aren't familiar with it. Yeah, perfect. The other thing that is helpful for me and that I have noticed is honestly setting time away from the screen. Restful healing requires rest. So if you're constantly getting your two-second dopamine hit on social media, your brain is still working. Just because you're lying down does not mean your body's going into rest and digest because you may be watching things that are still triggering you. So it's really important that you take some time and that you rest and you do things that are outside of healing. You don't want your whole identity to become that of healing. So if you're resting, read a book that has nothing to do with it. Read books about adventures and characters that you can get into. Paint by number, color, do things, take up a new hobby or a new skill that doesn't require a lot of physical energy, but that just allows you to be like a puzzle and things like that. That really can help the restful healing phase because those type of activities serves as a double purpose. They're mindfulness-based activities. And when we do mindfulness-based activities, we further communicate to our bodies that we're safe. So it's going to help us rest and repair or rest and digest a lot quicker. Absolutely. Being mindful is such a big part of the journey. And like you said, it's the journey itself can't be all consuming. We need to have outside activities and outside interests to keep us fluid in our thinking and 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 motivated to, to move forward. So that's definitely important. The other thing that's really helpful is to be vocal about how you're feeling. And here's the thing. This is why I always tell people, and and Jaya actually had to teach me this, is that you needed to talk. Get it out. Talk. Why does talking and walking help? That's their bilateral stimulation. That's where EMDR comes from. But when we're talking, the vibrations in our voice help break up the energy because that's all emotions are energy and motion when you got a lot of emotion in your body and that's why healing frequencies or music make people feel good because the vibrations move around that energy so talking can really help somebody feel better about themselves because they're getting it out and the other thing is is one of the biggest tips and you'll see a lot of psychotherapists talk about this and psychiatrists is humming Mm -hmm. like humming really helps because you're vibrating a lot and you're helping to reset your nervous system. So looking into resetting nervous system activities is where you want to focus when you're in restful healing, because what you're doing is you're turning that switch off. You're coming out of your autonomic and going into your parasympathetic. And that can really help during rest and digest. So listening to solvagial healing frequencies, binaural beats, doing things like that in the background can truly help you start to feel better. Or just meditation, like um, we're a big, I'm a big proponent of meditation and uh, there's certain sounds like the ohm sound that help, you know, so if you're sitting by yourself in a quiet place and just saying ohm, you know, that changes your vibrational frequencies. In studies of the universe, everything vibrates at a certain frequency and that includes us as human beings. We all vibrate and when we can change our vibrations, we can change who we are and how we interact with the world. So that's important. I think this discussion can go on forever, but we'll end it here. I hope you guys got a lot of good information out of this podcast. And as always, guys, remember, it's never too late to start a new journey. 
So guys, if you aren't following me already, you can find me on TikTok at ask.courtney, on Instagram at askcourtney underscore, and on YouTube at askcourtney. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future podcast, you can reach us at podcast with an S at epiphanymedia.com. We'd love to hear your stories, guys. So make sure to reach out. And as always, we're all in this together. So stay safe. Remember, there's no shame in asking for help. Till next time.